1: Hey everybody, welcome back to lettermanrow.com. I am Jeremy Birmingham, that is Spencer Holbrook. We are talking stuff, the Ohio State Recruiting Podcast brought to you by Letterman Row and Byers Auto. Spencer, today is another day of talking stuff. And this time, we're just gonna do it a little bit different, Spencer, because yes, recruiting is starting to accelerate, things are picking back up. And when things pick back up, Spencer, that means the people, the mighty, mighty people have questions.
0: Yeah, our lovely, beautiful, wonderful listeners and watchers, however you receive this in, info and entertainment, uh, yeah, a lot of questions to be answered. So, Berm, uh, what do you say we just dive right in?
1: Yeah, so I want to start. Uh, okay, so on Twitter, folks, I know a lot of you that listen to this are, are Twitter followers, so we just put out you know, a little request for questiones. Questiones? I don't entirely know how to pronounce that in Espanol, but I know that at the end it's a ones. And so we put out a request for those ones and today, Tuesday, you guys brought back a handful of questions. Of course, Spencer, the first and foremost among them and most popular among them is what? J T T. Oh boy. Okay, folks. I love you. I love every one of you. Every one of you who listens, every one of you who watches, every one of you who reads, every one of you who writes. I love you. But nothing is new. There is nothing new on JT, Tui Milau, however I pronounce his name. There's one guy who keeps commenting and telling me the phonetic way to do it. And I I swear I try to remember it, but I always forget. I don't even understand why. Um, but anyway, there's really nothing new. JTT, as we call him here uh, for brevity's sake and for uh, my ability to look less like a moron, um, it has not announced where he's visiting or when. I have been uh, trying to sniff it out around the Ohio State program and their hope right now and their belief right now is that he may be waiting until June to make official visits and then just enroll somewhere at the end of June, uh, beginning of July. I think that initially the thought was when the dead period got extended again through the end of May, that maybe he would take unofficial visits on his own dime uh, in the month of May um, or even in the month of April, but he's playing football right now at, at, East, uh, uh, e- 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 at uh, Eastside Catholic in, uh, East, uh, in Sammamish, Washington. Uh, so they're playing their spring season. He is not trying to mix in his recruiting at this point. Uh, and there's no reason to. If you've waited this long, why the hell not just wait until June and make your back-to-back weekend visits to Ohio State and Alabama at that time and then make a decision? Am I wrong, Spencer? Am I wrong? Am I crazy? No. No, you're not crazy at all. I just wish that we would have pronounced
0: Samamish as many, t- as many times as we've talked about him. I wish we would have said that word more. But you're not Sammamish. wrong at
1: all. No. See, the thing is, I was thinking it was East Sammamish, but it's East Side Catholic in Sammamish. And I mean, I don't know, man. Uh, we've talked about this kid for, for years now. And I've never spoken to him. I've tried people, people I've tried. My God, I've tried. But <laughs> I, I can't do anything. If he doesn't want to talk to, uh, to anybody in the media, that's more power to him. I appreciate JT Tuomilao and the way that he's handled this process. I think it is great. I think it is going to uh, be one of those things that we look back on and remember in the world of recruiting that changed the way recruits uh, handle their business and understanding that they have all the power in this uh, cycle right now. Uh, Especially when you're a player of that profile. And uh, right now the Buckeyes are still recruiting him. They still want him. They still believe fully that they have an opportunity to get him. Uh, And it is all about whenever he decides to make those visits with his family, Ohio State, Alabama, Oregon, USC, Washington continue to be the five schools that are in the mix here um you know I, I don't know what else to say the buckeyes are holding a spot for him they will continue to uh, recruit him until he is on campus somewhere else he is not going to sign a letter of intent anywhere i would not be surprised and i'm this is me just saying it i don't know for a fact i would not be surprised if he has already signed financial aid agreements with the schools that he's looking at just to have it all, all done so you can't really look into that as maybe a, you know a sign of which way he's leaning there's reports from the Bama side. He's leaning towards Bama. The Ohio State side is still believes that they can, if they can get him on campus, that the relationship he has with Larry Johnson and the opportunity at Ohio State to learn from Larry Johnson is enough to win that battle. Um, and that's really it, Spencer. There's nothing else we can say. That's it. Sure. I guess, okay? we,
0: I guess the only thing we can do is move on then. And this is another one. Right, next yeah. question. Yeah. You can only choose one to have this upcoming season. Elias Ricks or Henry Toto. But the, the kicker here, Berm, it's really interesting because one of them is in the transfer portal. The other one is going through spring practice with another school and never entered the transfer portal.
1: So I, yeah, that, that does make the answer easier, I think, Spencer. Um, all things being equal, uh, they're not. So it has to be Toto because he is a guy that I think can be a starter for Ohio State next year. Uh, if he ends up uh, on the Buckeyes roster. And I I guess we started a little bit of a internet uh, storm last week when I mentioned on on a practice report with Austin and you that I thought he would still end up at Ohio State. Um, I still think that. I think that that's um, a situation that people just kind of assumed he was going to go to Alabama because there were a lot of very strong quotes seven, eight weeks ago that that's what uh, was going to happen. But if that was the case, why not just be there? Uh, I know that there's some talk about waiting for the SEC transfer rules to happen. Everyone right now expects that the SEC is gonna clear transfers to uh, allow them to for immediate uh, eligibility. I don't think that that's going to be a problem. I don't think the Toto family thinks it's a problem. Um, but again, he's in the transfer portal, Elias Ricks is not. So, uh, you know, in all things, if Elias Ricks was in the transfer portal, and to Oto o was also in the transfer portal, and then I had to pick one. It, it's a different story because I would pick Elias Ricks. If you look at the Buckeyes roster, they certainly need uh, more help at cornerback, I think, than they do at linebacker, even with Dallas camp being out this spring. So, uh, to Henry Toto o to o is, the, is the obvious choice. And um, I don't know exactly timelines for when he's going to make a decision. His father, in that now widely quoted article on uh, the Alabama 247 site, uh, back at the end of January, said that they'd wait and see how things shake out in April. So, uh, according to my watch, April's tomorrow. So, I guess we'll find out. I, I don't. Well, you know, it's it, it's it doesn't guarantee he's going to make a decision in early April. Maybe he's waiting till the end of spring ball. Maybe he has to finish up classes. I don't. I don't know these things. Uh, again, he's a player I've never spoken to. Never spoken to his father. Um, but you know, people that I do speak with uh, about his recruitment have indicated that they feel like Ohio State's in a good spot and in a spot that gets better almost every day because they have a continuing opportunity to build that relationship. And I think that that's a really important piece of this. Had he decided seven, eight weeks ago, there's no doubt it would have been Alabama. But now if you start to look at the big picture, Spencer, look at the Buckeyes linebacker depth, look at the Buckeyes' lack of experience at the position, you look at the injuries to to Dallas Gantt, you look at the opportunity to come in, play one year at Ohio State, in a program that wins, maybe that's enough to, to say, hey, I, I can come in and be a one-year difference maker and move on to the NFL. And that is, it's interesting because the transfer portal was kind of recruiting, but it's kind of
0: not. And so there was a question that is an extension of this by somebody else that asked, how does, the, if he were to commit to Ohio State, how would that impact recruiting the, at the linebacker position? And I am of the opinion that he is a one and done. If he yeah, comes into Ohio do. State, he would be a stopgap or a, a an all-American. Like I, I think he's an all-American if he comes to Ohio State, and then he's onto I the agree. NFL. He's onto the NFL, and you don't have any problems in recruiting, unless other schools can start to say, "Well, they brought in a transfer because they couldn't develop their own linebackers." I, I, I don't think that. Well, that's an argument that doesn't hold
1: a lot of water when you're going to have four of them playing in the NFL next year. Um, And, you know, at least three of them probably drafted um, in guys that spent four years, five years, six years, in Justin Hilliard's case, in the program. So, uh, obviously, Ohio State can develop their linebackers. The question here is about recruiting, as you mentioned. And I agree with you. I think Tojo is a one and done if he does transfer to Ohio State or Alabama, no matter which place he ends up. And so the answer, Spencer, quite – clearly to how does it affect 2022 recruiting is zero. It doesn't impact it. Right. Not at all. Uh, I I think that, you know, the way it could potentially impact it. And if I guess if I want to play devil's advocate here is if one of the guys on the current roster felt slighted and decided to leave or something like that happened, um, that one of the younger guys decided to transfer out, then I guess maybe you could look at it as saying it, maybe it opens up another spot in 2022, but, I don't think that that's something the Buckeyes are thinking about right now. The the focus is how do you put the best team on the field uh, come August?
0: And, Verm, the linebacker questions just keep coming. I mean, oh, I love it. I love the the, perfect segues. The people love linebacker talk. So, Jalen Walker just committed, correct? Yeah. Yeah. He just committed to Georgia. Go down. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I wouldn't go that far, but uh, so, Zach asks
1: is Sean Murphy now a take with Jalen Walker's commitment I don't I don't like the word take because I think that it implies that the Buckeyes would tell a kid no you're not allowed to commit and if Sean Walker tried to commit to Ohio State at any point I think they would say yes Uh, I think that clearly they made a decision in the last handful of months to prioritize other players at that position Uh, I don't entirely know if Walker uh displayed the, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Sean Murphy displayed the athleticism that they really want out of the, that position. When you start to look at what you have with uh, CJ Hicks and, and uh, Gabe Powers and Deshaun McCullough, I think that maybe you're looking for another outside guy as opposed to an inside linebacker like uh, Sean Murphy would be. Um, but there's good relationships with the recruits with Sean Murphy. He has, has family ties in Ohio. I think that the Buckeyes are, are big fans of him as a person. But like everyone else in the class of 2022, uh, unless you're a player like Gabe Powers, who's 25 minutes outside of Columbus or CJ Hicks or Deshaun McCullough, who has ties to to Ohio that, you know, in the coaching staff with, with Tony Alford and Kevin Wilson and, and these ties that they have, um, they want more time to evaluate. And that that is In my opinion, these teams should be going as slow as possible to fill out the rest of the 2022 class because as you know, we've talked about in the past, the Buckeyes already have 11 commitments in this class of 2022. And what do you do? I mean, how many kids can you take before you can actually get a chance to look at it in person? So I think a real key here for Sean Murphy um, is if he's able to get on campus at Ohio State and work out. And there is some discussion, as Ryan Day talked about, Uh, with the media on monday that when these visits are expected to happen in june there is some conversation about maybe allowing like individual workouts and or camp settings for these kids on visits which in the past they haven't been allowed to do Um, if that can happen i think maybe that's an opportunity for someone like murphy whose junior season started just five weeks ago and now on tuesday night he announced on twitter that his season was over because of uh, COVID problems at, at his high school, and so now they're done. So he's only got five games of junior tape. It's not an ideal for anyone. I think the Buckeyes would just love to see more of him. All right. I, I, what's Thank next? Um, Talking talk stuff. We already talked Ohio something. State recruiting podcast by Letterman
0: Rowe and Auto. We already touched on transfer corners. There's not really anybody in the portal that Ohio State could really go after. Um, The the portal's pretty barren when it comes to corners. Oh, it's not even just
1: that. It's not even just that, Spencer. Look at the Buckeyes roster outside of Seven Banks, who's a senior, and Cam Brown, who's coming back from an injury. You just got six or seven cornerbacks that you have no idea what you have. And there's no reason for Ohio State, unless it's a player like Elias Ricks, who, again, is not in a transfer portal, unless there's a player like him out there. Why would you upset the natural balance of your position group and a bunch of kids who are extremely talented who waited through a crappy year in 2020 with COVID, why would you go out there and just upset the entire apple cart uh, when none of them have had a chance to prove what they can do? That's all I'm Yeah. Saying. Yeah, and you look at a guy,
0: you know, when we get into that, you look at a guy like Cameron Martinez, and who kind of got forgotten in the shovel last year and had two interceptions in practice the other day. You look at a guy like Latham Ransom, who looks like he could play slot corner just as well as he could play safety. Like, Ohio State, the cupboard is not bare at Ohio State as far as cornerback goes. They've got two blue chip players coming in in June who – uh, they were named by name that they could come in and compete. You know, I, I think Ryan Day said something about those two guys they're waiting for those two guys to get there. So they know that they could compete right away. This is not a dire situation for Ohio State.
1: Agreed. What's the next question? Um,
0: hmm. Do you think Ohio State will take two running backs in the 2022 class? If you had to predict which running backs would it be? Burn, time is a flat circle. We're talking about two running backs again. It just never
1: stops. But also, I guess in a way it, it doesn't need to ever stop. Uh, I mean, certainly right now, if you look at Ohio state in the roster, you wouldn't think that they need a second running back in 2022. I think that there's actually a number of people out there who would say they don't even need one running back in 2022, all things as they currently exist, but in college football in the year, 2021, Things that exist don't exist for long, and that's, I think, the situation you have to look at. Master Teague will, will exhaust his eligibility after this year. He will have an extra year if he wants it, but I wouldn't expect that he'll, he'll be using it. Um, Mayan Williams, Steel Chambers, Marcus Crowley are all sort of in that middle part of, of, you know, can they or can't they? Will they or won't they? If they don't make hay this spring and this summer, the, is their time up to make hay, especially for Crowley and Chambers? Um, And then you have Trey Henderson and Evan Pryor. I'm on record talking with you in Austin um, before. I mean, I I think Travion Henderson is a different type of player than everyone else on that roster at the position. And I think that eventually he will be the guy that takes over uh, as the full-time every down back. And when that happens, attrition happens. And so I think right now, I think the plan is to take one running back, but there is no doubt that Tony Alford and this goes back to the class of 2020, Spencer, when, with with Bijan Robinson and Jalen Knighton and things happening the way they did. Ohio State is not going to get caught flat-footed. They're certainly not going to put all their uh, their eggs in one basket at, recur- at running back and and then get you know upset or or, or your kid flips or whatever, uh, and then you end up having a, a scramble uh, eggs a scramble. That's that's a breakfast joke. Um, the, the point is, that they're, they're evaluating new players at the position. They are out there um, trying to figure out who else is a good fit. That's why they offered Omari on Hampton from North Carolina a few weeks ago. He's a player that they really uh, like. He's kind of like starting to really climb the national ranking. So you're going to see him get a lot more national focus. Uh, there's other players around the country like George Petaway in Virginia who they like. Um, but haven't offered. So they're, they're looking, but to me, the, the two guys are the are the two guys that they've been for the most part for the last six, seven months. And that's Dallin Hayden out of Memphis and Nicholas Singleton uh, near the Philadelphia area. Those two are the main two. And I think if you're getting one running back in the class, it's likely to be one of them. I'm going to lean towards Hayden uh, in my just read of the situation, not because he's a preference, but just because I think he's going to decide sooner. Um, and if they decide then to go after a second running back down the road then you have a handful of other guys on the list and i don't know that singleton um, would want to join the class with hayden he has said he's not worried about being a part of a two-back class so you never know but i think that ohio state and notre dame will probably split those two with penn state trying to to steal uh, steal away Um, one of them probably singleton who's obviously from pennsylvania but there's a long list of other guys around the country who have not really had a chance to get seen, um, as we talked about when the Hampton offer came two weeks ago. And I still think that there's an opportunity down the road for Jabron Payne from Cincinnati LaSalle High School, who I think is a really, really good running back uh, and obviously an in-state kid. If the Buckeyes need a second one or if something falls apart um, with the other guys, if he's still on that list, even though he doesn't have them on his short list of schools right now, obviously – well, it's Ohio State is an in-state prospect. You never know what can happen. All
0: right, What's next? What is next? Uh, let's, let's go to 2023. Can we go to the future? I like
1: the future. I've seen into the future.
0: Okay. Well, then let's go to the future. Actually, no. We're going to stay in 2022 for just a second as we transfer to the future. So every cycle Ohio State has that one respected defensive lineman, usually a defensive end. But so far in the 2022 cycle, Hasley does not really have that. Who is most likely to
1: fill the void in that in this class? Well, you know, I've written about this before, and maybe it's me misreading the situation or whatever uh, as far as the way Larry Johnson recruits. But I, I don't think that there's a single coach in the entire country that values the opportunity to evaluate a a prospect in person the way Larry Johnson does. And I don't think he's in any hurry. His reputation is perceiving itself. I mean, he does not feel like he needs to hurry and try to push a, a kid towards a commitment when he hasn't had a chance to meet him in person or hasn't had a chance to work with him in person to see what type of listener or what kind of um, prospect he is from a teacher from a teachable standpoint, because that's what Larry Johnson wants. He wants kids who he can mold, right? Um, And that's what he's always gotten. Obviously, he does a good job making sure that the top prospects in the country at the defensive line know who he is and what he can get them to to become. That's why you see guys like Eni White, the five star from uh, Philadelphia, and Omari Abor from uh, Duncanville, Texas, who's the number two ranked defensive end in the country a strong side defensive end and a five-star prospect, according to two, four, seven sports. Like both those guys, I think are favoring Ohio state right now, but neither of them are in a hurry to make a decision. And then you also still have Caden Curry at the defensive tackle who from the conversations I have with people at Ohio state, they really believe Caden Curry is a player with Nick Bosa type upside. Uh, and I, I think, again, we talked about this, if he wasn't in the middle of Indiana and he was a kid, if Caden Curry was in Texas, he'd be a top 15 player in the country. He's, he's six foot five. He's 260 pounds. He can do everything. He can play inside, play outside. He just is technically way better than most kids at his age are. And I think that he gets sort of just overlooked because he's in a small town outside of Indianapolis. So and clearly it's a defensive line position where they're going to be patient. But there are big time names out there. And there's even guys like Jihad Campbell down at IMG, who uh, it could be a linebacker, could be a defensive end. Ohio State loves him. I mean, they're 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 looking for these right fits. And it's all about how do you how long can you wait? How do you get a kid on campus? How does Larry Johnson get a chance to mold him and see if a kid, not only if his tape is really good, because that's obvious. Larry Johnson wants kids who are, are good players now, but he needs to know that he's dealing with players and, and their families that will listen to him and that will let him teach them because right now the world of high school football, the world of college football recruiting, uh, there's a lot of people who blow a lot of sunshine up a lot of butts, Spencer. And what happens is these kids don't always end up coming into a college thinking that they need to get better. And Larry Johnson is only recruiting kids who understand that and who are eager to get that sort of coaching from him. So I know why people are worried about it. They, oh, Larry Johnson's getting old. He doesn't rec- He's not recruiting. He has no commitments. Don't, do not bother yourself stressing about that if you're a Buckeyes fan. The big names are out there and they are interested in Ohio State and there is plenty of time for the Buckeyes to make that happen. All right. Uh, one more in 2022. Got a couple quick ones in 2023. Um,
0: do you expect a flurry of commitments in June from the 2022s or do you think the dead period will make them push that back to December.
1: I think most of these kids are waiting uh, for June to happen so they can make decisions. I think you're gonna see what we've talked about, everyone around the country going bang, 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 five five weeks in a row, then make a decision. And, and have a lot of these kids, especially the top kids around the country are already talking like they wanna have this over by the time they go back to fall camp at their high schools. And so I think you're gonna see a ton of these kids the Xavier Wampas, those defensive linemen that I just talked about, the Keontae Goodwins, if the Buckeyes can get him to make a visit in in, in June, the Caden Currys, all these kids are waiting. They, they have been waiting for this moment for the last year plus. I don't think you're going to see a lot of them make the visits and then decide to wait until the fall to see if they can make second visits or game day visits or anything like that. Because one thing that's really happened in the last year, Spencer, I think is that a lot of these kids have realized that those game day visits don't really matter. Like it, It's fun. It's a nice – but it's really just pomp and circumstance. It's not actually a substantive visit where you're getting an opportunity to really gain something with the coaches. So, um, you know, sure you want to see an environment, but again, we're living in a world now where you can play an entire season without a single fan in the crowd. So you just have to find what really matters. And I think that you're going to see a lot of these kids make that decision to make a, a college choice at the end of June. All right. Two more.
0: Two, Two more. more let's, let's do it.
1: Talking stuff. stuff. The Ohio State Recruiting Podcast brought to you by Letterman Rowe and Byers Auto. I'm Jeremy Vermeer, and That's Spencer Holbrook. If you're looking for an auto, go to Byers Auto. Uh,
0: Trevor Carter has received some several big, big Power Five offers, including Michigan and Michigan State this week. Where do the Buckeyes stand with him? Or actually, they said, where do the Buckeyes sit with him?
1: Yeah, I mean, man, here's the deal camp matters, and Ohio State is not in a position where they are feeling compelled to offer a kid in the state of Ohio, just because Michigan did at this point, let's be very clear. The Buckeyes don't want to get caught up into that game because they've done it before and it's cost them. It's it's put them in bad positions. They're not even offering kids anymore just because Alabama does in the state. And if you look at the Elijah, uh, Elijah Brown, Brown, the the tight end from, from Springfield or, or Huber Heights, Wayne, they didn't even offer him and, and you know, they, they went out and got their guys that they wanted. And that's what the Buckeyes are going to do. And you look at a guy like Trevor Carter, we wrote about him on the website on Wednesday morning. Um, so if, if if this might be live before then, but you can go to lettermanrow.com and read about it. And I talked about why it's important for Trevor Carter. He's in the most pivotal part of his recruitment. The summer between sophomore and junior season is absolutely the time when kids need to get on campus and get evaluated And for a kid that's a tweener, six foot two, 205 pounder, you don't know if he's a safety, you don't know if he's going to grow into a linebacker. There are things the Buckeyes need to see. He's a really good player. He's a kid that has a lot of high upside, but it sounds elitist when you say it, but Ohio State is recruiting the best of the best of the best in the entire country. And they know they can be patient when it comes to a player from Ohio, especially a player from Ironton. I don't think they're in any hurry to make that offer and, and, especially if they can't get a chance to see Trevor Carter in person. So for a kid like Trevor, I mean the advice if he's watching, Trevor, if you're listening, the advice is be patient. If that's the offer you want, give yourself a few more months and and let them see some junior film and see if you develop because unfortunately it seems like you're not going to get an opportunity to to camp in person this summer.
0: Yeah, and his his high school coaches is, is on the record saying that, you know, Reed had to get better. Trevor has to get better you know, he's from the same high school as Reed Carico, So there's a certain level of understanding. Ohio State knows the level of football they play. Just because it's in southeast Ohio doesn't mean that they're playing low-level football. And so I think there is a, a big level of you just need to be on campus or you need to be at a camp yeah. so Ohio State can officially see what they're almost, for lack of a better term, what they're getting themselves into when they offer an in-state guy. They, they just have to be more comfortable with that than they do with offering even guys
1: out of state. Yeah, the best players in the state of Ohio, kids like Trevor Carter, who's going to be a top 10 player in the state, he's plenty good enough to play at every Big Ten school in the league at this point and to be offered by them, but not Ohio State. Is he? And that's, yeah. that, that, that's just, Ohio State simply is just that much different right now than the rest of the schools in the Big Ten, and that's not a knock on Trevor Carter, it's not a knock on other schools, but it is a, a understanding that Ohio State has to do things different. Let's wrap it up, Spencer.
0: What's our last question? Well, it's kind of along those same lines, except it's it's kind of about the guys who already have those offers. Who's the first 2023 commit? Do you have a, a read on that, Berm? Do you do you know guys that are really, really falling in love with, with what the Buckeyes are selling right now? What, what's the read there with these 2023s? Because I think it's time, you know, you could see one of these guys make the move and you could get that class kicked off in June when these, when
1: these visits are allowed to happen. Yeah, it's fascinating right now what there's four in state offers in the class of 2023 and so I think that the natural inclination is to believe that one of those dudes will be uh, the first commitment. Uh, there's two offensive linemen that's a position that generally commits earlier than others, so I wouldn't be surprised if it's either Luke Montgomery or Josh Padilla that uh, kickstarts the class if I had to pick. I guess I'd go with Padilla who just picked up an offer from Notre Dame on Tuesday night. So he's, he's going to start to see his uh, recruiting profile really elevate. Um, And I I guess that he's probably the one I would go with knowing just from talking to um, Luke Montgomery, he's probably not looking at the decision until the end of his junior season. Um, I think the one that the Buckeyes would want to commit first would be uh, Sonny Styles or Brennan Vernon, who are each top 15 players in the country. In my opinion, Sonny Styles would, is the best prospect in Ohio uh, right now, regardless of class. I think if he was in the class of 2022, I think he should be the highest ranked player in that class. I think he's the best player uh, in the state. So that's you know what you saw with Paris Johnson, what you saw with Jack Sawyer. Uh, that's really what the Buckeyes want. They want the best player in the state, the best players in the state to, to get in early and be the guy that leads the way, um, especially with Sonny having you know, family ties, his father Lorenzo played at Ohio State. So I don't know that there's any interest on Sonny's part of being that guy, but you never know. Once he gets an opportunity to make those first visits to campus and and spend time with Al Washington and Ryan Day, um, maybe they can convince him of of the value of that role. Um, There are other players around the country. I think a kid like T.J. Shanahan, an offensive lineman out of Florida, is someone to keep an eye on in that role. Derek LeBlanc uh, from Florida. A defensive end down there who's very close with Montgomery I think he's a player that could be in that conversation um, and I guess my dark horse would be AJ Harris the recently offered cornerback from uh, Phoenix City Alabama uh, right on the Georgia border right it, he's got offers from everyone now he's blown up in the last week since the Under Armour camp in Atlanta uh, but I'm telling you the kid uh, has been very very clear that there's something special to him about the Ohio state offer. And I know that would surprise people for a kid from Alabama slash Georgia to, to be that guy, but, um, he's not a player that grew up there. He's, you know, a military family travel around a lot as a kid. It's not, doesn't have like a huge geographic tie to that area. And if he's able to really build a relationship with Kerry Combs, uh, before September, I wouldn't be surprised if he decided to, to jumpstart that class. I know he told me, uh, prior to the offer from ohio state he wanted to commit early early he thought that it was important for him to to be a leader in a class so i guess he's a dark horse in there but i know everyone else in in the country is going to assume that he's going to an sec school but until you know he continues to tell me that he's not a lock you know a sure thing lock for an sec program so i guess i'm not going to rule him out well
0: i mean it's columbus georgia it's not and, you know, that area, it's not like it's close to Tuscaloosa. It's not like it's close to Athens. So, you know, he's kind of right in the middle. You called him a tweener. I think he's a tweener geographically, too. So uh, that's interesting. I will put a prediction in just to be a little different. I'm going to go with Brendan Vernon. I think there were some some quotes from him just various places throughout his football season that just made me believe that, that he will be a Buckeye at some point. I think that is for him once he gets on campus and they explain the recruiting role to him uh, from an in-state perspective and he sees what cj hicks can do in the 2022 class i think he fits the bill i think he could be a guy who who really rallies the class together and
1: that's my prediction but you know I, I i am uh okay with being wrong yeah i mean ohio state would be more than happy to have that happen i think if i had to throw a, a wrinkle into that talking to people around brennan vernon in the last few weeks there seems to be this idea that he's a little bit frustrated that his recruiting hasn't picked up the way that he thought it would. And he hasn't picked up some of the big national offers that he thought he would have by now because he missed five games as a sophomore with injury. And I think he's a little bit frustrated by that. So I wouldn't be surprised if he waited a little bit longer just to have an opportunity to get the offers that, uh, you know, you know, there's this weird thing. Like if you're in Ohio and you have an Ohio state offer that early, a lot of other schools are just not even going to offer you because they think you're going to Ohio state. So, it's almost like you have to walk this fine line between I'm not going to, I'm not a guaranteed thing to go there, but I also really like it. I really like what they do, but I'm also willing to at least consider other options. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if he did that, but I I, I agree. I mean, he's a kid that uh, when we start to do the list for 2023 and the kids that are muskets, there's going to be at least two of them in Ohio. Uh, and that's, uh, that's one of them. So uh, certainly Brennan Vernon is is a guy that is is for real for Ohio State and um, a player I'm looking forward to seeing at the Under Armour camp in Columbus on April 11th so anyway Spencer I think we're done I think we ran yeah. through them all yep anything else that uh, that we need to um, to discuss I don't think so I don't I don't believe so but
0: you know right when we log off of this show there'll be a handful of offers that go out and we'll it'll be outdated by then
1: so Absolutely. Uh, next week, I'm going to be on vacation, folks. There's only going to be a handful of content from me on the website. Um, I don't know if we're going to have a Talking Stuff. We will do an emergency broadcast if we need to, if something comes up, but uh, don't necessarily count on it. So uh, that's Spencer Holbrook. I'm Jeremy Birmingham. This has been Talking Stuff, the Ohio State Recruiting Podcast, brought to you by Led Monroe and Byers Auto. Please like, subscribe, rate, review. Tell everyone that you like what we talk about. Give us, you know, positive uh, reviews on the iTunes or whatever other uh, iPad, iPod, iPodcast thing you do out there, and uh, you know just keep on, keep on uh, coming back because Spencer and I like talking stuff. Have a good one. With the Lucky Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.